0: The law, who had come from Jerusalem, gathered round Jesus, and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were unclean, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups. Pitchers and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders, instead of eating their food with unclean hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, Whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is Corban, that is, devoted to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like that.
1: Okay, well, let us um, pray and then think about this uh, one verse from Exodus, but we'll probably travel a bit further than that, I can assure you. Let us come before the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day that uh, we have together uh, to think carefully about your word. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us uh, to be the people that uh, you want us to be and to respond to you in the right way. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever felt the need to um, play that game before called Happy Families? Uh, It's one of those funny games we might play when Uh, Some people drop by to see us, but it's at a time when things at home might be a little bit tense. I had one of those happy family moments uh, probably a couple of years ago now when a neighbour dropped in to introduce a a friend of hers, be, uh, you know, neighbourly. But it was at one of those times when I was having what I might call a defining moment uh, with one of the kids. Now, I'll leave you to speculate on which kid. I won't give the game away. But as this friend dropped in, I felt the need to go from being the general, you know, the one, we've crossed that bridge, we don't cross it anymore. You know, taking a stand. Uh, back to Mr. Happy Families. Oh, hi, Mrs. Kiflops. Uh, How are you? Oh, that's, that's great. Yes, we're fine things are just peachy here. Uh, We're just a regular happy family, as I sort of let the blood drain out of my face and try to cool down. Well, the great thing was that she understood, as I explained a little of the situation, about defining moments, and she said, I understand, Peter. We've been through the same thing with our kids. Well, I know one of her kids, so I know what she's talking about, but... um, It was good to hear us say that we've been through the same things. Well, I've heard that before, have you? It seems to me that all families uh, work at being steady. All families work at being friendly with each other. All families work at the challenge of living in harmony with one another. The challenge to be friendly, steady and stable is the challenge for all families to be truly happy families. So I'm not not Robinson Crusoe. God's the one who has created the family as the stable and basic unit for our society. Uh, Unlike in North Korea, uh, children don't belong to the state. Uh, God's the creator and we're the creatures and we belong to him. But he's entrusted children into the care of parents. And in Exodus chapter 20, We see some of God's uh, will and His character and His intention for families uh, in chapter 12, the 5th commandment. It says, Honour your father and your mother so you may live long in the land your God is giving you. Now these words aren't just dropped into uh, a situation that doesn't have a context. They're not just uh, dropped into the local primary school for kids to learn good moral values there is a context. They're given to a a particular nation and that's the nation of Israel. These people were called to be God's royal priests back in chapter 19. They were spoken at a time after God had made a covenant with Abraham to make uh, a great nation from Abraham's descendants. And Israel were formed as a big nation uh, in Egypt before God delivers delivers them to himself and puts them in the promised land. And that's really the point we're up to in this story. Uh, The people in the midst of being delivered on their way into the promised land. That's also in fulfilment to the promises that God made to Abraham, that they would be blessed in that place and that through that nation, uh, blessing would come to the world and even to people like us. Well, it's in that context that God gives this command, a direction for children to honour their parents and we see that it's a challenge. The word honour is a Hebrew word, of course. Uh, it's the word kavad, and it has the idea of respect and reverence that's, um, that's behind it, the idea that somebody's going to uh, give due honour, due respect, due reverence to their parents. But it's a short command, and so it doesn't say a lot about how that's to be given. Instead, the focus is on the principle of honour, an attitude of heart from a child to a parent. Now, this honour that a child would give to his parents grows really out of the first commandment to have no other gods. A way of serving God uh, is to show due honour. And it's honour not just to one parent, not just to the father only, but both parents are to be honoured. Well, in the second half of the commandment, Uh, we're also introduced to some consequences. Uh, It's got an important aspect for life for those people in the land. We see that they were to honour their mother and father that they may live long in the land that God was giving them. The land was the place where they would enjoy God's blessings in so much as they walked with the Lord in faith and obedience. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, you can look that up if, you, if you'd like to. I'm going to read from verse 1 through to 3. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses has just given the Ten Commandments for the second time. And he's then starting to uh, explain the link between if they do these things, uh, they will live. If they actually respond to God in faith and obedience, they would live. And we see that in this Fifth Commandment. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1, These are the commands, the decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you were crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. They're returning to a place a bit like Eden for God's blessings. The land's described as flowing with milk and honey, because there's so many cows eating so much luscious grass that the udders are filling up and they're overflowing with milk and it's running down and running down the streets. And the same thing can be said for the beehives. The land is fertile. There's plenty of flowers. The beehives are overflowing with honey and it's just oozing out. It's a picture of blessing. To live long in the land involved their responsibility to obey God's commands, to fear God, to love the Lord, and to carry out His will. And parents had the responsibility to pass the baton onto their kids to do that. They had the responsibility to bring their children up, not as little Philistines or as little Canaanites, but as the little God, the little ones who fear and trust in Yahweh. We see this uh, in Deuteronomy once again in chapter 6, in verse 4 through to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your, upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk on the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In summary, we can see that God wants the parents to bring their children up to love and serve the Lord. God wants the children to have respectful family relationships, and God wants them to know that there are consequences for these things. In Israel's experience, there was a link between their obedience and their life in the land. And that link is seen in the fifth commandment for children to honor their parents that they may live long in the land. Well, regretfully, uh, this didn't happen for good. Uh, Unfortunately, the people did turn aside to idols. They did start to serve the gods of the Canaanites uh, and their children forgot about the Lord and they were experiencing God's justice and expelled from the good land. But the commandment still remains to honour one's parents. In fact, Jesus uh, endorses the command and he seeks to correct some of the problem in Israel in his time. We see that in the uh, Bible reading that Lachlan read to us earlier on, how the people were more interested in obeying their own traditions rather than God's commands. The problem was that the Pharisees didn't want to honour their mother and their father. They wanted to get out of it. And the situation involved for them, it was a case of honour was bound up with looking after their parents in their old age. Uh, Now my mother's here in the audience today and I'm sure she's um, probably pretty keen for me to learn some of these things too about how they got it wrong and how to get it right. Uh, But in terms of their situation, honour involved looking after their parents. Well Jesus explains to us how they they had a little way to try to wriggle out of this, uh, wriggle out of that responsibility. And so if you're reading on with me, I'm going to pick this up at Mark chapter 7 in verse 8. And Jesus says, You have let go the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God In order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But if you say that a man, but you say that if a man says to his father or mother, Whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is corban, that is just a gift devoted to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down and you do many things like that. The point is that by making a pledge to give money to the temple, a person could avoid responsibility to support their parents. Even if they didn't fulfil their pledge, they were considered to be free from looking after their parents financially. And Jesus rightfully condemns that practice because people who were pretending to try and honour God in that way weren't really honouring God in that way, were they? That doesn't bring honour to God because they've dishonoured their parents. Uh, So they haven't honoured the Lord. They're just playing a game. They don't want to honour their parents and that's their way to get around it. Well, we might think these things are, are intriguing. We can learn something from the fifth commandment But we are members of the New Covenant. Uh, What does the law have to do with us as Christians? Well, it is true. We are members of the New Covenant. Uh, I can say that with the full authority of what the Apostle Paul tells us in a number of places in the New Testament. One of those places is 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, Paul explains that he's a minister of the New Covenant, uh, not of the letter, uh, but of Christ. Now that Christ has come, the Old Covenant... Uh, has passed away. The new covenant is permanent. And that's the reason why we don't have to worry about eating sweet and sour pork when we go to the Chinese restaurant, Uh, perhaps uh, for for a meal out. It's one of the reasons why we're not like Joshua who uh, waged war in the name of the Lord to to take over uh, that area of Palestine. And it's another reason why we don't offer livestock as sacrifice. Although you might not be aware of this, but we do offer sacrifice as members of the New Covenant. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, we're told that we offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. So we do offer some sacrifice, but it's certainly not livestock. Well, having said that, uh, Christians, as Christians, we're still confronted with God's law. The reason why I say that is because the New Testament writers uh, confront us with it we're told that the law is good, that Jesus actually fulfills the law and he encourages his people to obey the spirit of it. Furthermore, uh, we're told in numerous places that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, if you use it the right way. And we're told that the law is holy, the commandment is holy and righteous and good. So the law is not the problem, but how we handle it. And Paul handles it carefully in Ephesians chapter 6. He brings this law, the fifth commandment, to the attention of the church. And I'm going to read to you from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through to 4. Paul says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So Paul starts to intensify the honour and he upgrades it for children to obey. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Well, In the first instance this is a message to Christian children. Here we note that Paul's telling children to obey their parents. And this instruction about obedience is most likely directed at younger children, uh, those who are being brought up uh, still at home in the training and instruction of the Lord. Honour of parents and obedience of parents seems to go hand in hand with that. So when they're littlies and young uh, still at home being brought up, that's where obedience seems to be directly applicable. Honouring parents seems to be applicable at any age. I don't think we we ever get out of the idea that God wants us to, well certainly love our neighbour as ourselves, but in our families to honour parents is appropriate. But the obedience seems to be uh, more bound up with young kids. Secondly, the obedience is in the Lord. Uh, It's interesting to note Paul here includes children as members of the church. And he lays it on their hearts their minds and their consciences to be those who obey their parents in view of the Lord as an aspect or a way of actually serving God. That's how they can serve the Lord, by obedient obedient to their parents. He doesn't assume that they would obey their parents like some philosophers would say out of sheer duty. It's just your duty to do that. He doesn't say do it out of duty. He doesn't say do it out of some kind of legalism and some kind of legalistic righteousness that's bound up with keeping the Ten Commandments but to obey parents on account of the Lord Jesus since they're being brought up as little Christians with a childlike faith that's being encouraged, trained and taught into a mature adult faith and then Paul introduces to them the Fifth Commandment and says honour your parents this is what the law says but did you notice that he actually tunes up the second half of the commandment. He doesn't go and say "On your parents that you might live long in the land but he says "On your parents that you might live long on the earth and the idea here is that uh, the promised land as a, as a goal for Christians is, has um, been made redundant uh, we long for a renewed entire heavens and earth but he's saying in the between time If children honour their parents, there's more scope for them to live a life of stability and blessings of sorts. If they do that, they will live longer on the earth. That's a consequence of honouring parents. Now, the way that children honour their parents is still going to be different from one culture to the next. How it happens in Austria... Alaska, or Australia, is likely to be different for different people. But I'd expect it would still include the way that children listen to and speak to their parents. That would come into how they could show due respect and reverence. How things are worked out in various cultures is always going to differ. But certainly, obedience and honour remain common threads for Christian children to live by as they relate to their parents. Well, the passage also reminds us that there is also a parent's role uh, in relation to children. And so Paul also brings to our attention the responsibility of parents, and that's addressed. For the relationship of parent and child obviously isn't one-sided. And Paul states a negative point, that fathers can exasperate their children or provoke their children to anger. That's a real possibility where the possibility exists. The reality is often not far behind, and it does happen. And if you'd ask my children if that's ever happened at our place, I'm sure it wouldn't take them long to uh, come up with an answer. But the message here is that we can't simply look at a child's obedience and honour of a parent in isolation from the parents' nurture and care for a child. It's a trap, isn't it, just to look at one party in a relationship and focus only on that and not look at the process that's between two people because the reality is that people act and they react off each other in their response to each other. And so Paul, appropriately, Uh, gives a message here to fathers in particular, not to provoke their children to anger, but more positively to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's the challenge for parents, not to annoy the socks off their kids, but to certainly give warmth and encouragement from a Christian point of view uh, and encourage them to develop their Christian faith. Well, that's the challenge for fathers in particular. Well, Let's think for a moment about your life and my life. What have you been like at keeping the fifth commandment of honouring your parents? Or if you've been a parent, what have you been like at not provoking your children to anger? As we think about these commandments, we're also reminded that we fail uh, and that there may have been times when you've played happy families and things, well they might not have been always that happy yet this is one of the purposes of the law Paul talks about one of the goals of the law in uh, Romans chapter 3, he says for by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight since through through the law comes knowledge of sin he's saying because we've got this commandment we can see that we don't always fulfill it. We've got this commandment and it shows us that we do fall short of it. We don't always honor our parents as we should. Well, the good news is this still drives us to Jesus. It drives us to Jesus to ask for forgiveness and salvation. And Paul writes, he knows that God understands our situation. He says, for all have sinned And fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's good news, isn't it? We know there's a commandment which has an ideal about how we should live, yet we don't always hit the target. God knows that, He's provided forgiveness, but the challenge still remains for us to live out how God calls us to live. So let us be those who uh, love our neighbour as ourselves, but in particular in families honour our parents, and also encourage our children. Let us come before our Lord in a time of prayer. Let us pray. And Lord God, as we uh, think about this challenge to honour family members, uh, in particular, uh, honouring our parents, we recall that there are struggles that we all face as we, we've sought to do so. And Lord, we, uh, as we think about the way that we've fallen short, Um, We bring that before you and ask for your forgiveness. And we thank you that you've offered that to us in Christ. And Lord, we do pray that you'd help us uh, with our resolve to continue uh, to love our family, to honour our parents and uh, to nurture children as as you would have us do so. Lord, um, we pray for your help to do these things. We pray that you'd continue to help us to uh, grow in Christian maturity and wisdom. Uh, to grow in patience, steadfastness uh, and to continue to have a zeal uh, to to love and serve you and to show that in the way that we treat our family members. Lord, we do pray for your help and we pray for these things uh, in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen.